0: In today's podcast, we're going to talk about something really common in families, really common in parents and kids. We're going to talk about moving from codependence to independence. I think it's such a big step that we hope to equip you to do better.
1: Welcome to the Art of raising.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode 55 of The Art of Raising Humans. I'm Kyle.
1: And I'm Sarah.
0: And man, what a beautiful fall day, right?
1: It is. It's beautiful. It's perfect. The temperature's perfect. The yeah. color is gorgeous.
0: We really enjoy the fall. Yes, we Some do. of our favorite time of the year. So this morning, we took a nice fall walk before we recorded this podcast. And today's topic, we really want to discuss the difference between codependency, independence and interdependence. Now, I know that's a lot to cover, and we don't we don't want to spend all day on this. Uh, I don't know if we'll necessarily get to the depth of what interdependence means within a family, but I definitely want us to hit upon codependence and independence. Yeah,
1: I, f- I feel like this is just going to be touching on it, mm-hmm. just a little bit of information about it. It will not be able to go as, it will not be able to cover it
0: fully. Yeah. And, and before we get there, I want to remind everybody, we love your feedback, love your comments. Um, several of these topics that we're using have come up just in discussions with other parents, and lately, Sarah and I have been able to do a lot of speaking. So um, we've been able to go to some churches, got some schools on the agenda in the future to talk with teachers. Um, But if you have any speaking opportunities, we're not just talking to Tulsa either, like speaking opportunities throughout the country, throughout the world. Um, We could do it through video. Um, We could do it through webinars and those kind of things. So if you have ideas, shoot them our way. And we're, we're open to almost anything because we want to get the word out about this podcast. So feel free to go to our website at parentinglegacy.com. And when you go there, you can email us um, any of these ideas. Also, you'll see all the other content we We have from courses that we offer. We've got courses on teenagers and stuff like that. But you can also reach out to us if you need specific coaching on these areas. So enough of that. So I want to move into Sarah. Explain to me first of all, maybe how would you define codependence? Because I think that's something we hear a lot in our culture. You know, I think a lot of people, especially you know, teenagers or married couples, I'll have couples sometimes come in and they'll talk about you know being in a codependent relationship, Mm -hmm. or they they know they struggle with codependency. So what would you say that that is?
1: All right, I'm gonna. Actually, say a couple qualities. I would say okay. mm-hmm. of a characteristics, maybe yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. of a codependent relationship. It's you're kind of you notice this about yourself that you might feel um, what they feel, and you don't feel like yourself. It's mm-hmm. almost you step into you put yourself down, you, and you're stepping into their space and how they feel and how they are in a moment. You're very focused on that, yeah. almost to diminishing yourself. Yeah you will shift based on that other person's perception so what they think is truth and you'll move into whatever space they think based on how, how they're viewing the moment yeah. um, That it's also a space where it's very hard to set limits or boundaries any limits that you feel you want to put or boundaries you want to have you feel guilty about or feel like you shouldn't have those and then you feel like you're walking on eggshells you're always mm. trying to please them keep yeah. them happy that yeah. hyper focus on the other person
0: yeah I, I, I would say when we're dealing with families, that last one, can you read that one again? Because I think that's the one as soon as I hear that in a session, I'm thinking, okay, we're dealing with codependency.
1: The walking on eggshells?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. where
1: it's just however they are in the moment, you're trying to you're walking on eggshells, trying to make sure they're happy and they're okay. And I want to be very very careful that hyper focus. Well,
0: and the parent will literally say that the parent will say I'm just so tired of walking on eggshells. I feel like we're always walking on eggshells. I'm going to
1: set them off. Yes,
0: because they're going to blow up real big. So everybody's walking on eggshells.
1: If I say no, they're going to blow up and it's just not going to be worth it.
0: Yes. I actually just got the phone call with somebody the other day, someone seeking help over the phone, and that's exactly what they were saying. And that's a key sign that we're moving into codependency. Now, I want to say codependency is... A natural first step in any of these type of relationships. It's a natural first step when it comes to being a kid. Like a little baby is naturally codependent, right? Mm.
1: It's almost even hard to use that word because mm-hmm. it is different, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> codependency, we think, oh, it's that I can't have any boundaries or limits, yeah. or and I gotta be careful about you, and I'm just lost in who you are and what you're feeling. Where with a baby, it's it. They do need that, right? It's mm-hmm. almost a codependent. It is I absolutely need you. I I I am desperate for you. I need you to help me with all my emotions. So we step in as a parent to do that, but it has a little bit different take on it. It
0: does. But I would say I use that word and I think it is mm-hmm. appropriate to describe it because literally at, at the age our kids are at 12, almost 13 years old, 10 and six, you specifically can see it with our six-year-old, right? Like if I come in and I'm feeling a big feeling, that six-year-old has very little ability to set a boundary on that feeling. Yeah, yes. She's yeah. going to be impacted by that feeling and right then my fears are going to become her fears my worries are going to become her worries. Mm Like, whereas like what- They're
1: very in tune and babies are even. And you're saying a six-year-old, but yeah, you're very, that's very true how much they're more in tune with our feelings than we realize they are that we give them credit.
0: Well, I'd say they even don't have the capacity or the skills to not let that thing affect them. Yeah. yeah. And and you, you can see it. I remember growing up and being about 12, 13 and about that age, like where Abby is, you can start differentiating yourself from those feelings. So even though I might be mad or I might feel, certain thing abby i think has the ability to say i don't want to feel that i don't need Mm -hmm. to feel that that feeling is dad's it's not mine Mm -hmm. and and i can hear that in a healthy kid growing up through those teenage years where they're moving to that next stage of independence where they're starting to say and i'll I'll try to like encourage these teenagers like i know this is hard but really that feeling the parent has is theirs it doesn't have to become yours
1: i think it i think that does highlight That it's also the parent has a big say in that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because if you're saying it is your fault that I feel this way Mm -hmm, as the parent, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then the kid's going to get the message oh, I'm in charge of your feelings and I need to make sure your feelings are all okay. Yep. But if you give your child permission, you're even saying to them, look, this is is where I'm at. This is what I'm feeling. It's me, not you. You're not responsible for my happiness. Then that releases the child from that learning how to be codependent.
0: No, Sarah, we've covered this before in previous podcasts about language, right? And so that's some of the codependent language you'd be watching out for in yourself. Mm-hmm. Am, am I saying my kid makes me feel these things? Yeah. Like you make me so mad when you, do it. that's codependent language. It's saying I cannot choose to feel anything else other than this because you're making me. Yeah. The, the have to language, I have to make you um, um, do your homework. You know, I have to make you do. It. So all of that's not very freeing. It's not independent language. It's codependent language. So if I'm hearing the egg shells, if I'm hearing a lot of makes me language, then I feel like this relationship is in a codependent cycle.
1: You're in charge. One person's in charge of the other person's well-being, emotional Mm -hmm. feelings, all of that. And and I would say
0: even with little kids, yeah, I would say even with our six-year-old, if our six-year-old was using that language, I would try to as early as possible to try to change that language Mm -hmm. that I know it feels that I made you feel that way, but I actually didn't. Mm -hmm. And I want and I'm saying that not not to deny the reality that I impacted her and in a strong way, and it almost seemed impossible for her to feel anything else. It may even been almost that way, but I want her to know from an early age that you can at some point have the capacity to choose to differentiate from my feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think even some of the techniques I did early on that was really helpful was when I was mad at the kids or I did I did yell at them and later on followed up with them, I would not only apologize, but I would ask them, was that anger about you or about me? Mm-hmm. And they eventually, through several moments, several trainings of this, would say it was about you, Dave. Exactly. My anger is always about me. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. So then I could try to help them be independent of my feelings.
1: Yeah. And I think the opposite of that, where where you're not taking, control, taking ownership of your child's feelings, where you can allow them to be disappointed or sad or mad, you don't need to rescue them from those feelings, but instead show empathy. Yeah. So that difference between coming in mm. in codependency and That's thinking, good. I've got to rescue my child from this great disappointment or this upset feeling versus coming in with empathy and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to hold you and hug you and love you through this whole t- hard time that you're going through, you're yeah. not alone, I'm with you, but I'm not going to take ownership of those feelings.
0: That's fantastic, Sarah, because that describes, I think, what's necessary to move into independence. And one of the reasons why I was inspired to kind of like do this podcast, I think many of the listeners can relate to this is a big value we have specifically in America is independence, right? Yeah. And so so what I see with a lot of parents we talk to from a very early age, like I'm talking like two months, three months mm-hmm. old, the parent can't wait Till the kid is independent of them, you know? And, and what I mean by can't wait is they're constantly seeing that as success.
1: Yeah, that's a, I think there's yeah. a big, that pressure that you mm-hmm. mentioned. Even if you, rather you can wait or want it or none of that matters, it's, I'm a successful parent now. My child's gonna be successful because look at all the things they can do by themselves.
0: Yeah. And and you're judging success by that. Like as soon mm-hmm. as it's like I'm some people, I remember our kids never walked, what, till about 14 months? Is yeah, that when, yeah. Yeah. About 13 months. And we saw some other parents who their kids were walking like six or seven months and we're like, <laughs> what is happening? Right. It's and then, crazy. or, or our kids always like, we we're always working really hard with sleep yeah. and trying to figure out. And other parents would be like, yeah, our kid was sleeping on their own by this time. You know? And there was all this talk of like, oh, when the kid finally became self-sufficient, you know, when the kids became self-reliance. It was like...
1: We really celebrate those moments yeah. of, oh, they're doing it on their own. And there is a celebration there to is. it, not there to is. say there isn't, yeah. but but we hold that in such high esteem as if the other is a problem.
0: Yeah. Well, you look at one parent who the kid is clinging to the parent as they're dropping them off for school. Mm-hmm. And the other one where the kid just says, see ya. And they're like, that parent's being successful because that kid just said, adios, <laughs> and took off. Yeah. As opposed to the kid who's clinging, they're like, what's wrong with that? kid instead of realizing whoa that that may be great the kid is just waving goodbye mm-hmm. but that also may be a lack of connection too and maybe the mm-hmm. kid's like I'd rather be at school than home right so we never know what's going on but I think in our culture in particular we value that more than mm-hmm. the kid clinging right because as soon as we see the kid clinging we think that's codependency. Yeah uh oh yeah. yeah
1: that's <laughs>
0: it well like that, that if that parent's coming to school with the kid, helping the kid in the classroom like when is that mom gonna let go and cut the umbilical cord or when's mm-hmm. that dad gonna find Finally, tell that kid he can do it without him, you know, and well, those I think kind of thoughts. even
1: if the parent wants to give that extra hug or something, I think there is even pressure on the parent. You just need to drop and run. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, yeah. why are you so clingy? Well,
0: well, and so I, I've heard that a lot lately at, at the office, honey, and also just in, in just parents we've been talking to is this tension. So I wanted to spend time because I do this a lot of times with parents where we kind of break it down and kind of just put a word to it. OK, so that codependency is normal. So a kid at a young age is going to be dependent on you for eating. You know, lots of times to help them sleep, to, um, to help them learn how to, like, go to the bathroom. And there's a lot of things they need to even walk. They need you to hold their hand. They need you next to the stairs when they're going up and down at multiple times because they might fall down and hurt themselves, right? So there's so many ways they literally are dependent on you for these things, right? And of course, yes, the next stage is independence. You want your kid to be able to move that way. But I heard what you were describing was something different, is it isn't the ability for the kid to be independent. It, we aren't birds. It isn't to just drop them out of the nest and go fly baby. You know, it isn't we are not birds. Humans are different. And so it isn't the goal isn't to just push them away and say let's see if they survive, you know? It, it isn't there is a way to actually equip your kids to eventually then feel competent enough to then go do that activity on their own and succeed at it.
1: Yeah, actually I think there's a lot more interest in this area and studying in this area because we have a lot of We, especially historically, a lot of go on your own, you know, and they're studying now and they're finding more and more how when you walk with your child through these moments when they're really, really little, they do naturally when they feel safe, secure and ready, they naturally have this urge and this desire to go out into the world and to go make, you know, be themselves in the world. Yeah, yeah. We don't actually, we felt this need to shove them, but we're learning we don't need to shove them. They'll do it and it'll look different. One kid's personality, they'll do it at one moment, another child will do it at a different moment, and one's not better than the other. But you can actually just walk with your child and they will naturally go off and go out. Yeah.
0: So good. Well, and we've noticed that at times too. You mm-hmm. know, like I said, even with the stairs, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. sometimes they don't know the danger they're in. And yeah. every every time, I'm sure listeners can you know you know also connect with this. Is every time our kids saw stairs for the first time, they wanted to climb those stairs, and they had no idea how dangerous it was to go up those yeah. stairs and possibly fall down. And we did, so we stayed close by, and it was kind of fun to just watch them go try to be independent. You mm-hmm. know, and they wanted they wanted to go up and down the stairs. They actually didn't want us to hold their hand the whole time, even though (laughs) we'd be like, can I hold your hand, please? Let me hold your (laughs) hand on this because that's pretty dangerous. And so there's all these moments if you're watching for it, if you have this um, overarching understanding that kids, when they feel safe and loved, they will naturally want to explore and become um, self-sufficient in the sense of being able or or feel competent to go do that activity. Yeah, Yeah.
1: they're really excited.
0: Yeah, they naturally want to do that. But it's when they don't feel safe and loved that they may be reckless and just run because they feel like they just, just go try, or they'll cling too much and never want to try. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're really wanting this healthy balance. And and so I, I bring this up because I think a lot of times we're thinking of this in regards to like elementary age. But Sarah I see this into teenagers. And what I mean all by right. that is is I'll hear parents say like he won't read unless I make him. You know, she won't clean up her room unless I yell at her. Mm-hmm. Right. And and these are kids who are 15, 16, 17, and all of that is codependent thinking too. And so I feel this tension where they're they're so mad at the kid for not cleaning their room on their own. They're so mad at the kid for not just taking care of their schoolwork. Yet a cycle of fear has perpetuated the codependency. Where okay. th- when I talk to the kid, the kid believes they won't clean their room without the parent getting mad at them. The kid believes they would never do their schoolwork without the parent being mad at them. And so, so w- w- when I'm trying to help parents move away from that, it's first shining a light on this is never going to lead to independence. As long as I am taking responsibility for their schoolwork, for their room, then they will never need to take responsibility for that. And that is what independence than people do they take responsibility for their actions
1: and that's what codependency is i'm responsible for you how you feel what you do how your life is going yeah yeah and you can see it both ways you can see actually teenagers who feel very responsible for Mm, their parents and how their parents feel or what their parents are how well their parents are doing yeah but you see the reverse of that and that sort of that um alarm bell should go off oh am i responsible for their everything they're doing? Mm -hmm. Are they responsible for, for me and my happiness? And we need to sort of wake up and go, oh, we might need to look at our relationship dynamics here and how we're, uh, what, what roles we're playing.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Well, I love how you brought up, too, that might flip the other way, where mm-hmm. kids a lot of times do feel responsible for their parents, and so they won't, even like they'd be afraid to be honest about something, because they're afraid the parent will get upset about it, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, or, you know, be mad or be sad about it. So then the parent will want honesty, but the kid won't share it because they don't know how the parent's going to react. And it's as if they're controlling how the parent's feeling. You yeah,
1: know? I have to keep my parents well being in mind all the time.
0: Yeah. So I would encourage every listener to just take a moment and think about all those areas, no matter how old your kid is, what are those areas where you feel like you have to take responsibility for their actions? You know, um, like I'll give a quick example, like even today when we were taking the walk, um, you know, I got kind of frustrated because the kids were biking and they they I had this expectation that you and I were just going to walk and talk and they were just going to go bike, you know, and when you and I were kids, we would just go bike and we just go bike around the block and and they just ride around. But lately it's been really hot and it's been not the kids haven't been out biking for quite some time and you pointed that out, but I was frustrated that the kids kept coming back and interrupting our conversation. I was trying to talk about the podcast and what we we're going to talk about and, and I started getting upset set. And I was like, just go buy, get away. And like, I was doing exactly what we're talking. I'm like taking responsibility for them to say, go bike the way I, ex- I expected you to bike, you know, mm-hmm. and you were bringing up, we haven't really told them that's the expectation. You know, they haven't really had a chance to just go explore the neighborhood on their bikes because Ellie's six and Brandon's 10 and they've been pretty close to us. Most of the time we've been biking. And now I'm like, just go, go, go. So in order to do that, I would need to create a uh, like support them in a way to then go feel free to understand what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Like w- we we had a vision of it. meant go down really far and then come back to us. Go down and come back to us. But they kept like stopping almost every house and then waiting for us and then going again. And mm-hmm. we're like, that's not what we expected, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's a symbol of where I was taking responsibility. I was being somewhat codependent and almost creating a codependent thing there. Where, like if you don't want me to get mad, go bike yeah. the way I want to bike, yeah. right? Instead yeah. of really teaching them how to be independent on the bike, I'm teaching how to be codependent on the
1: bike Mm -hmm. yeah
0: that's a good yes. So so I would encourage you to be thinking about those spaces. It could be homework, it could be cleaning, uh, it could be chores, all those areas where you're thinking they wouldn't do it unless I did dot 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 dot. That's probably a cycle of codependency. Or or it also is uh if you think you're walking on eggshells because you're so afraid of their emotions, whether in your marriage or in, 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 in the parenting, that's also a sign of codependency. It doesn't mean the entire relationship's codependent, but in those moments there mm-hmm. is a pattern of codependence. So so I, I guess just due to time, sir, I want to talk about what does independence look like? So if that is the next healthy stage, how, how would you how would you know if your kid's moving into the independence stage? Is it because they never need you? They never ask for help? They do everything on their own? Is that the goal? To where we walk mm-hmm. in the house and they're just like walking around, we never talk because they're all like, we're just independent people?
1: No, I think everyone knows that's not the goal. Oh,
0: okay. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's, real
1: that's good. <laughs> I don't know. I think it is. Um, no, it's actually where we feel capable. Mm-hmm. And we also are very accepting of when we need someone else because we all need other people. Yeah. And so I can say, oh, I'm going to go try this. I'm going to go do this. Ooh, I can't do this part. I know I can go get help. This person's going to come alongside me. Yeah, They're not going to take me over and what I'm doing or take over the situation. They're going to come alongside me. Yeah, And, and as a parent, I'm talking, you know, parent-child relationship and help guide me in this moment, but not consume the moment. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and so I would say we define codependence, kind of taking responsibility for other yes. independence yeah. would be taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah. So an independent kid, um, it doesn't mean you never remind them to go clean their room. It just means when you do, right. they say, "Oh yeah, I'll get on that. I'll go take care of that." You know, obviously, it would be great if they cleaned it on their own and took initiative. You know, that would they'll be a simple. Yeah, yeah, they'll get there. But it's not. They're not doing it because I was mad at them. They're not mm-hmm. doing it, at it because I threatened them. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, independence can look and it would be great if they saw the dishes needed to be cleaned <laughs> and they just walked over and cleaned them. That would be fantastic. But yeah. it also made look like. Hey, you said you're going to take care of those dishes, and they said that's right. I did. I'll get on those in an hour. Right. right. That's also an independent person. Um, so it doesn't have to look like they're just constantly doing everything that they know they are responsible for without ever being reminded. Right.
1: That would be a right. Yeah, that's a grown adult. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, sure, you're you're even still Even grown the adults parent. though, need to be no, reminded. Exactly. That's <laughs> <Sometimes>, right. <laughs> and say yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's why we have phones that go beep that's beep. That's right. I know. Don't forget, yes. Do but this. even that.
0: But sir, you're saying that, but even like if I have a teenager in my office and they're trying to like instead, we're we're moving away from their parent reminding them to do their homework, we'll we'll brainstorm, how could you do that? And Mm -hmm. the kid might say I guess I could use my phone instead of that would be fantastic, right? That's a very independent decision and now that kid is taking responsibility for doing that but what the kid had done, he was just doing the dance that had always been going on in his Mm -hmm. family which is, I didn't take it serious until mom and dad got mad about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll be like, yeah, how about we grow up a little bit? How about we take responsibility for it? That's a part of you no longer being a child and you moving into adulthood is you saying what is mine to do and what can I, how can I make sure I'm able to do that effectively, you know?
1: And and I think it is very important to highlight too. It's, it's a, that's on the kind of the external, right? But mm-hmm. it's also that internal. Mm-hmm. This is how yeah. I feel about a moment. This is how you feel about a moment. We could feel the different, different or same, but you own your feelings and I own my feelings. Yeah. Because yeah. I think a big part of that codependency is that that uh, eggshell those yep. own, owning the other person's feelings and well-being yeah too
0: well and I, I think it's as you're saying that i'm thinking of all the teenagers too who were in codependent cycles with their family and then they get into dating relationships and they end up mirroring those same kind of things right so so that's a big point of emphasis of your girlfriend or boyfriend's feelings aren't yours neither are your parents right so so you're
1: not trying to keep everyone happy here
0: well and the reason why independence is so important and getting a chance to really teach them how to do that before they leave your house by 18 is with independence comes confidence you Mm -hmm. know that they're tied together um this this idea that i have what it takes Mm -hmm. comes with that. Like I, I know how not to do everything on my own, but even if I needed help, I could go ask for it, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what an independent person can do. And that's eventually setting the stage to move into interdependence. Right. And and it's also an independent person kind of knows, um, their limitations. You know, they know their strengths, they know what they're good at and they know what they struggle at. Right. And they're able to be honest about those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so all those things are important, but if I'm, if I'm, as a parent feeling the need to constantly do it for them or make them do it they don't ever learn that. They don't really know what what are, how, how do they motivate themselves? You know, I think a lot of codependent kids trying to get into, they don't know how to be self motivated, self disciplined because they expect someone else to always do it for them. Either mm-hmm. it's the coach or it's the parent or the teacher and so I was even thinking like a good picture of independence would be um, our kids play soccer so a codependent relationship would be like me yelling from the sideline to do this, this, this or a coach doing that a coach saying do this, do this and then the kid Kid only does it when they're being yelled at. Mm -hmm. You know, an independent kid, the coach could just give instructions or the parent on the the sideline, and then the kid can go out there and the kid does it. You know, and that's that's actually where you want the kid to go do it, to where the kid isn't constantly. I I remember my dad uh, said something very profound one time when Abby was playing soccer and she came running over. It was a quick throw in, and I was like, Abby, grab it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, And, and then she did. And then my dad just said you know there's going to be a point where she's going to need to think for herself. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, yeah, that's actually what I want. But yet I just undermined that goal by doing that. So even though I successfully, quote unquote, got her to throw it fast, she's not going to remember to do that next time Unless I say that, yeah. you know, because she never thought of that herself. Right. So she's going to think when I come to the sideline, dad's going to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so that I think that's a real good picture of we want to move away from that when it comes to school, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to, you know, uh, responsibilities at home. all Because you want the kid to feel capable to do those things. But you're not it's not go do it on your own. Figure it out. I'm mad at you that you didn't. It's instead to say, hey, how can I help equip you to be successful? Yes. In that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? I like that. Let me help equip you. Let's make sure you have the tools. And and then also, if so if I'm not going to take responsibility, I'm not going to enter into that codependent, I have to also be okay with that it's not going to all be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. That's not going to be perfect. There's life lessons in it not being perfect. And also for them to realize, ooh, okay, I messed that up. What can I do different? I can learn how to solve this problem. I can take ownership of it. There's so many wonderful pieces of actually letting them sort of struggle through it with you there, yeah. but letting them kind of figure those things out because yeah. we all have to do that.
0: I love it. And then, so let's wrap up with that. We didn't get to interdependence. And I think what you just said is so cool. When you see the kid do that, like when you finally, there is like, we're doing, I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for you. Okay. Now you're doing it with me. You're doing it with me. And then you did it. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's that skill of encouragement that Dr. Becky Bailey talks about. And that creates interdependence because then I watch you and I go, oh, my gosh, look, he did it. He went up and down the stairs and he he was able to do it capable. And I wasn't scared he was going to fall down. That was cool. You know, it was really neat. Or or he did it. He went over and told that friend that he didn't like how he was talking to him. And he said, I'd rather you do this and be this kind of friend. And the friend and him resolve the conflict. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. But it only happened because they saw me resolve conflict conflicts first for them. And then I coached them outside of that time next. And then they walked off and did it on their own. And then I get to encourage. So I'd love to do a whole nother podcast where you just talk about how encouraging your kids, not, not pushing them away, but as they let go of your hand and go try these things on their own, they do them. They look back at you and you go, I saw that. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. That's what creates an independent kid who then can move into interdependence. So I love that. So I hope hope if you're listening today, I hope this helps give you a better picture of moving away from codependence, which once again is a natural part of the cycle into independence, that that I hope we're we're freeing you up. You don't need to make that happen. You don't need to kick them out of the nest and tell them to fly. You don't need to push them in the pool and tell them to swim. That instead, there is a different way to lead them naturally towards independence, which they're already driven to be. They naturally want to know that they can do some of this stuff on their own because they need to know that, because the world is safer to them when they feel equipped to do that. So I hope hope that just gives you some way to look at it. And we'll in the further podcasts do uh, do interdependence. Um, And so yeah, it was great uh, talking about this subject with you very passionate about it. And I think it's a lot of families really just need some clarification on it. So I hope this was helpful to you today. Have a great day. The Art of Raising Humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling, but for educational purposes only.